This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to dial in toll-free and bring up anything that you want. The number is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us over on our website at freetalklive.com, where you can actually control the content. The stuff you see on the front page of the site has been placed there by listeners just like you. So you find something online that you think is interesting, you submit it to freetalklive.com as show prep, and then others can vote whether or not they like or dislike uh, what it is that you've submitted. You get to vote on things as well and the most voted up. Make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. Top story right now is about the mainstream media hating on Ron Paul, which is a lot better than the mainstream media ignoring Ron Paul, in my opinion. As I believe Gandhi said uh, famously, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. So I think that like the ignore slash laughing part was a lot of the 2008 campaign. And, uh, and we saw some laughter. There was plenty the of uh, ignoring and laughing along the way uh, this campaign, too. I think there was more probably. Uh, yeah, not as much, though. He got more, I think, a little more respect uh, this time around. And uh, now that he's getting FaceTime, I think that that qualifies as fighting. Yeah, and, right. and basically, it's looking like he's going to take Iowa, and it's really got a lot of the Republican establishment upset. And so yeah, they're pulling he, I, out the the old um, the newsletters that have been around for close to twenty. I mean, some of them over twenty years, uh, some of them at least you know getting close mm-hmm. to twenty years um, that have some you know nasty stuff in them, some unpleasant uh, things in them that apparent that Ron Paul disavows having written, and there's no evidence that he did write them. By the way, uh, joining you here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Derek J. And Mark. And Mark just uh, fresh back from his trip to Florida. That's his, right. Uh, vacation. So uh, welcome back. Uh, so, uh, so regarding Ron Paul, wasn't the Iowa governor who said that something like, uh, "If Ron Paul wins, that that means nothing," or like, yeah. "You should disavow the the entire process." It was amazing that he would say something like that, but um, it's been said many times, many ways in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the news media is attempting to say, you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. You know, it would matter if anybody else won it. And sure. They Do they just, give any reason for that? Just that he's he's too off the wall that they don't that, think he could qualify. That that I I the media is stepping out of its role as uh, you know bringing you the news uh, to the point that they're actually it's moved to propaganda. I mean I I didn't well, believe it's always this. Been propaganda. I didn't believe that they would be willing to do this kind of of uh, the media would be willing to do this kind of crap. It's, it's until, sad. I mean, to me, my eyes are opened wider than they've ever been opened before. I cannot believe that uh, Fox News really? folks and uh, MSNBC folks are just saying, oh, it doesn't matter if Ron Paul wins uh, Iowa. I mean, I, I, I'm stunned. I mean, earlier today, I was just counting my blessings for how we live in an age we can look at a newspaper and not tell the difference between a real newspaper and the onion. Just the articles are so <laughs> off the wall, the it's things that are happening. Absolutely insane. Blatant and, censorship of a politician. And um, and there's another story out here uh, that says Newt Gingrich has said that he will not vote for Ron Paul. At any, you know, If he's the nominee, I guess that he will not vote for him. Well, okay. Is so, the claim. Wow. 
I mean, well, now they're the ones that are, as you mentioned before, on I think during the news break, uh, that it's these Republican longtimers that are accusing Ron Paul of uh, destroying the party or whatever, and you know breaking solidarity. But there he is saying that yeah, you know he doesn't consider Ron Paul a Republican, and so therefore he's not going to vote for him. Basically. Right, and and just opening the door wide open for Ron Paul to run third party. Ron Paul's already said, oh, I have no intention. Of course, why would he right. have an intention? He's number one in Iowa and sure. not doing too bad in New Hampshire. Yeah, I guess he's up. A bit in New Hampshire, but still Romney is like, I don't understand it. I just don't understand what the New Hampshire... Let me go ahead and say it. It doesn't matter if Romney wins New Hampshire. It doesn't matter because Romney lives in New Hampshire. I mean, you you always win. Michael Dukakis in the most lopsided election in a century won his home state in the primary. Oh. In the prime? No, no, no. In the uh, the general the actual election. So you're of course you're going to win your home state. It doesn't. New Hampshire doesn't Is he matter. Actually, for originally from New Hampshire, that guy. No, or he's he originally from Michigan, um, but he has a house here. I was going to say. As far as I New Hampshire, imagine someone like New Romney Hampshire, would come out of New Hampshire. Most New Hampshireites consider themselves to be Massachusetts North anyway. Sorry yeah, it's insulting. I, you, you know, Mark, you hang out on this Republican forum or whatever on online or Facebook or wherever it is, and so you're kind of in. Like, what are they saying about this guy? Like, what are they, what is so exciting about Mitt Romney, who's clearly you know just a scumbag? I, I've never seen anything good about him in this Republican forum. And so where are all these these people? I I don't know if they have just moved right up from Massachusetts because New Hampshire is so close. That does happen. You're you're able to register to vote a lot easier than in Massachusetts. So maybe people just cast their votes up here if they're close enough. I mean, all of Massachusetts is a pretty good drive. It's a pretty close drive to New Hampshire. Right. Well, there are a lot of people that do move here because they want more freedom, but then they bring their Massachusetts big government with them and they want to reproduce what they had in Massachusetts. But interestingly, Romney has the fair weather Republicans in this state, you know, the people that likes the Red Sox and, you know, just they're just kind of, you know, ordinary Republican folks. Uh, Well, you know, he's he's a local boy. Let's just vote for him. The ones Mm -hmm. that are paying attention realize that he's not and he's really no different than Obama um, when it comes to most of these uh, most of his policy stances. And, you know, it's it's. It's unpleasant. So I was at the and Derek, you were there as well when Romney actually came to town last week, came to Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, so that was something you missed. You'd ask me off the air what uh, what you missed. Uh, Romney coming to a local restaurant early, Which early one? the stage. It's right in okay. down the center of downtown Keene, right next to Central Square. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were there bright and early, eight thirty in the morning. Uh, he was expected to arrive at at nine. Derek, you had a court date at eight thirty, which went pretty quickly. So you were actually able to come out before Romney arrived. That's right. And so uh, so he shows up eventually with this humongous campaign bus, blocks all the traffic on uh, or a good portion of the traffic on Central Square. How do they get away with that? Well, he's Romney, apparently. I mean, there was actually keen police standing there to assist with the uh, with the traffic. So I mean, you know, h- if you or how? I. How? Right. If you or I got into MARV, uh, the Mobile right. Authority Resistance Free Vehicle. Free Talk Live's on tour. We're going to take it around and stop off and just block up the, the main road in your town. Yep. What? Yep. In fact, uh, Nemi was uh, for our Wednesday night co-host. Nemi was behind the uh, the the their little RV thing for a while, or I guess it's actual a bus. And she said it was really inconvenient and it was pretty frustrating to her from a traffic standpoint. But yet, you know, they had the the assistance of the police uh, in blocking traffic because Stunning. because he's a politician. It was absurd to me coming out of the courthouse where I had just wrapped up court and seeing a huge mob of people over outside of this restaurant where. The police seem to be just standing aside. In any other situation, they would be 
breaking up this group of people saying, what are you guys all doing here? you got to keep yeah, this disperse. moving. Keep yeah. this moving. Just keep walking. And uh, I was shocked. Well, I, I shouldn't have been, but I'm still shocked to see the police just siding with um, the, the state when they do things it's like pretty, this. It, it makes it pretty clear where their allegiance lies. But you, you mentioned a crowd, and I wanted to delve into exactly who was in this crowd. Because, Mark, you said you're on this Republican forum and people aren't talking about the guy. Well, They're talking about him. They say nothing nice. Oh, okay. But well, I can tell you that uh, from my observations and from others' observations of the crowd that day, there didn't really seem to be that many supporters present. There was a huge throng of media that had shown up, and they were, you know, crowding around as best they could to get the pictures of the politician and, uh, you know, see if he'll say something into their microphones. Uh, we were there, of course. There were probably about uh, six or seven activists that came out, and we sang some Shire Choir uh, uh, carols, some chronic carols, because, you know, Romney is a drug warrior, and so we figured we were going to sing some carols for him that morning, and we did that. Uh, so there was lots of media. There were a bunch of us. There were some counter-protesters that were there with anti-Romney signs, uh, and I, th- I think they were more from the left, but uh, okay. it's, it's hard to say. I didn't actually have very many conversations with them. I talked to them briefly and gave them some information. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had some signs. So there were a number of people that uh, you know were counter-protesting, and I guess there were some people in the restaurant. I did not actually go into the restaurant, so I did not get to as- assess that, but I believe Jason T- Allie did. I don't know if you ever had a chance to go in there. No, I couldn't, I couldn't get inside there. It was packed. So, yeah, there were definitely some people in there. Somebody, somebody I think it was Tally that went in, and his observation was essentially that he felt most of the people in the restaurant were either campaign staff, visiting politicians, such as uh, Kelly Ayotte, who's uh, the former attorney general, mm-hmm. now the state uh, U.S. senator in New Hampshire. So, like, lots of pol- politicos came out. But the actual like boots on the ground kind of supporters didn't really have the feeling like there were any, there was anybody there that gave a damn uh, about Romney except for no, the media. They were just handed his, signs and the political hacks. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, one point something trillion more. We'll talk about it. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find lots of features there, including news updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there. Follow us via the uh, uh, email options or Twitter or Facebook. Uh, You're welcome to sign up for whatever works best for you. More than one if you like. All free over at news.freetalklive.com. Once again, that's news.freetalklive.com. If you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you've heard about bitcoins. Uh, Bitcoins are an online internet currency. Uh, it's, It's like internet cash. Obtaining them for some people, however, up to this point has been kind of tricky. Crypto exchange is the fastest and safest way to buy and sell your Bitcoins. They also offer a complete bullion store. You can uh, go there, buy gold and silver privately with Bitcoins. 
If you're totally clueless about the Bitcoin currency, how it works, they've got a 24-hour customer service rep right there online. Just visit their site, click on the live support link at the top, see the crypto exchange banner posted at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. That's the easiest way to get there. It's bitcoin.freetalklive.com. I just checked the uh, price on Bitcoins. They are over $4, 4 U.S. dollars per Bitcoin. Yeah, they've been uh, moving up recently. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That is uh, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're going to go right into your phone calls. And then Derek J. is going to inform us about the latest news out of D.C. regarding $1.2 trillion more trillion being added to the debt ceiling, apparently. First, though, we'll go to Kevin listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Or I guess you will be listening in uh, the next hour, Kevin, because we're not on in the 7 o'clock hour. But go ahead. You won't be on at all tonight. No what? Dame basketball. Oh, the dreaded sports. It sucks. All right. That's why I thought to call you early. I had, I had an epiphany, and Mark, I think you'll enjoy this. Okay. We all always talk about free market, which I agree, free market's a good thing. However, what do we do when we discover that a lot of the product that's brought into this country in our stores is made by slave labor? Um, it's, it's a good question. Well, you can always... Uh, share the news with the public about how bad that company is or how bad you think they are for employing um, people in that way. Well, I think that's the strongest thing that uh, one can do. Encourage well, I think a boycott. It's, it's, important, it's important to point out that's happened, right? Where people yeah. have uh, pointed out certain business practices of certain companies that may use some questionable uh, practices in other countries. And those other companies have, in some cases, responded by, uh, you know, saying, wow, well, you know, we, we say we, we don't, we didn't realize that was happening. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. Yeah. My and, God, uh, how did that happen? Yeah. And then, you know, then they go in and they, uh, they change their practices. And there are there are groups that uh, you know have the intention of finding out what these companies are doing and, and essentially auditing them. So there's no reason why in a in a free marketplace or a more free market that we we wouldn't have uh, you know third party auditing groups that essentially checked out these big corporations and certified their manufacturing. I mean, we do have uh, there's ISO certification for manufacturing firms, which well, what about the dolphins? Remember uh, back in maybe the late '80s, early '90s that uh, you know they're catching dolphins with tuna fish nets and nobody everybody likes dolphins and so they put these little dolphin seals no on the tuna, the tuna fish cans this what no one cares about the tuna right but the dolphins <laughs> right. tuna you know they don't do tricks right. so um they put these dolphin safe labels on the tuna fish can no government forced them to do that and so right. as, as far as i know and so that was so, a you know that's a, a, a situation where the market managed to uh, to take care of itself in just that manner right look at free range uh, chickens and other sorts of farming techniques that my concern will- is with these things is that we are talking about the same thing when we talk about slave labor because some people and some groups will use different terminology when they um you know talk about slave labor so can you define slave labor for me i can but first of all i've had dolphin and it's very tasty (laughs) (laughs) are you talking about the fish dolphin or the mammal dolphin well, they called it. It was dolphin, so whatever it was, okay. I had it in Hawaii, and it was delicious. Yeah, that's that's a fish. And cheap. It's a, it's a um, fish. I would say anything slave labor, i.e., China. Um, I definitely feel like. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. So are you saying that you anything just, that comes out of yeah. China is slave labor? Uh, a, a lot of it is. No, okay. I'm sorry. No, China oh, no, doesn't guys. have nearly as many inmates as as many convicts as the United States has. So. Guys. Let's, Guys, it's, it's 
pretty much slave labor. Well, no, no, that's, no. That's, that's pretty I, much slave Indonesia. labor. Hold on just a second. Wait uh, a second. Let's define uh, slave labor. The door's they locked. They have a rising middle class. Don't get me wrong. But the they door do is locked. Are made by slave labor. The door is locked, and you cannot leave. Okay? That's slave labor. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot over there. Okay, there so... They do not have labor laws like we do. I understand. Now, are you telling me that they have no opportunity to say, I quit, I leave, I'm leaving? No, a lot of them do not. And I, I have a friend that's from How, how many of them? How is this, how is this done exactly? That, uh, I mean, it, it, guys, it's not a level playing field. It's not. The, it's, it's not. The, no, been, you're right. It's not a level playing field. When you've got to be a dirt farmer and you don't have any opportunities except going and working in a, uh, in a factory, those are crappy, crappy options. However, there have to do that. I mean, you yes, guys, they do, but that is not yeah, slave labor. Is Those are bad. crappy options. Yeah, we need to make sure there that we're on the same page here, Kevin. We need I to make sure that we're on the same page, page with uh, with definitions. Right. So you can't call working voluntarily slave labor. You yeah. can't call choosing to have a job slave labor. If somebody has chosen to work in a factory where you know you might not want to work, yeah, maybe Kevin. they don't have a lot of options. But it's not slavery. They have no, they have no options. You're right. Okay. Well, so no, somebody... there is always another option. That is, like Mark said, you could go bust your butt on the farm instead, like a lot of Chinese people have done for many, many hundreds of years. And then so... have the tax man come and take you know, a portion of your labor. Do you have a specific uh, concern about a certain type of worker? Because, uh, I mean, I hear uh, your concern for people working in poor conditions, but unless you can identify like what is going wrong, then you can't encourage a boycott of, you know, among the people of a particular I... company or something. What I'm looking at is it's not an equal playing. It's not a level playing field uh, compared to United States workers or even English How workers. Could it How be? is it going to be a level it's playing not, field? How are they ever it's going not. to get to a level playing field if they don't have I, the opportunity I, to work their way up? I hear, I hear that your vo- the tone of your voice is concerning, and that's exactly what I'm trying to say is we, we compare apples to apples when, when you're bringing – the products are definitely less expensive. Yep. And they're de- in some cases, the quality's there, and maybe sometimes some cases. it's even better. And, in some cases, you know, it's worse. It's true, and people still buy it. Yeah, sure. But it's the price is just incredibly uh, – it's just unfair practice. La- labor is you, cheaper over it? there, but – How do you want to level – please explain to me what you mean by the – I've un- always been a proponent of tariffs, and you guys know that. You, you, I know you hate the idea. Well, but right, because I think humans should be able to So how are, how are tariffs going to help slave labor in China? If you want to use well, that term, what it one thing it would do is it would create um, an, it, right now when they're putting tariffs on us. That's the other thing. If we're not putting tariffs on them, but yet they, they aren't doing. They the are, middle class in China and India is on the rise, uh-huh. and we're having a hard problem getting our. And they love American products, but we can't even get them in their marketplace. I, you know, look. So the, the, they're, they're you're not leveling the playing field by making it more difficult for those people. Those people won't have jobs. They'll have to go work back on the farm where they didn't want to work in the first place. Well, we they're choosing have, the slave need, labor, as you call it, over the farm, and you're forcing them back there. I mean, take well, we the food out of their, their kids' mouths, why don't you? All right, there's a lot of issues at play here. And, Kevin, if you want to continue the discussion, stick with us. We'll bring you back in a moment. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. These people that think that they can force a level playing field, they're fooling themselves. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel. 
the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you can access there for free, including listening options. Live streams are available there for you over at uh, listen.freetalklive.com. We have the broadband and dial-up versions of the show available around the clock, uh, 24-7. The latest episode is always streaming there at listen.freetalklive.com. In addition, you can learn about the over 100 great radio stations that air the show throughout the week at various different times, plus our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, the free-to-air channel, webcam, and listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Several different ways for you to get Free Talk Live into your ears over at listen.freetalklive.com. And I want to tell you about the Freedom Engineers at freedomengineering.org. It's a cadre of coders, creatives, and anarcho-capitalist nerds from around the unfree world who are collaborating on the technology and enterprises that we'll need to build the free future. You can join them over at freedomengineering.org. There are over 50 people involved already, and you can get the help that you need, hopefully, to complete your radical idea or jump in and lend a hand on some projects that uh, you're are, that are already in motion. In fact, freedomengineering.org is behind the, I think, very exciting relaunch of fr33agents.com, which Derek J is uh, fairly heavily involved in. That's right, and Freedom Engineering has been a wonderful in uh, helping us get off the ground and get started again. It's start a big project. Voluntarists, right, all around the globe. Right. So this is a really great group to get involved with. FR33agents.com is, uh, is bringing, hopefully, going to bring more uh, people from around the globe together to the same place to share activist ideas from a wider perspective. So Freedom Engineering is focusing more on the, you know, the behind-the-scenes sort of uh, coding and, and creative stuff that is needed to build other, more, you know, visible activism on. So like fr 33 right. Agents.com is something that anyone can be involved with, whereas freedomengineering.org is focused very specifically on you know the kind of IT techs and engineers that uh, that can really build some useful stuff. So if that's you, you should go to freedomengineering.org. Our number here is one eight five five four fifty three. We've got Kevin on the line here in Indy, and we're talking about uh, China. Basically, other company or other countries rather, and manufacturing bases over there, and companies and how they treat employees, and uh, you know whether or not competition it's, in the United States, right? Whether or not it's slave labor, whether or not it's a, a so-called level playing field. And uh, Kevin, are you back with us? Uh, I'm here. Yeah. So, so I think so it's Kevin, I, yeah. The, the question I have here, and I think this this is important because you called in about slave labor, and this is an important issue to me. Slavery of any sort is important to me. How does enacting tariffs in the United States, which seemed to be what your solution to the problem of slave labor was, in any way, shape, or form help anyone who uh, – you use the term slave labor. It sounds to me like you're talking about very poor, poor people with very few choices. How does that help them? Well, first, my response to tariffs is they're putting tariffs – India is putting a 40 percent tariff on us. 
India is a country. The people who are working in factories are not a a country. They are people. So let's not talk about what their politicians are doing. Let's talk about how you're helping those individuals. Let's say I I sell pickled eggs, and I I have the greatest pickled eggs in the world. Uh And China and India both clamor for them. Okay. But to put them in China, I have to. They put a forty-one percent tariff on me, and uh, China puts a twenty-two percent. So Indian—they're both putting tariffs on me. Right. So I say to them, "Okay, now look, guys, we don't—we don't—we have a two percent tariff, and that only pays for the uh, paperwork of the product coming into the country. Here's what's going to happen: if you don't reduce your tariff, I'm going to hit you with the thirty percent tariff. Period." Hey, we man. don't even do anything to retaliate anymore. We just take it. This is getting and crazy complicated, Kevin. I mean, you own yourself. Okay. You get to you get to make the decisions about with whom you'd like to trade. And, and like, end of story. There's no one who has the right to put a tariff on you. Well, by the way, you're also using aggression to justify further aggression. I mean, this is the old. It doesn't arg- help poor people. I can tell right. you that. This is the old argument okay. of uh, the you know the the pro immigration. Uh, I guess the the anti immigration zealots who will say, well, these other countries have all kinds of absurd uh, immigration rules and restrictions. We should be more like them. And essentially, that's what you're saying is, well, China and these other countries have all these tariffs, so we should be more like China and these other countries. Is that really what you're saying? I'm saying that they're they're putting a barriers to us putting our products into their country. So why don't you just set the example then and have no barriers in this country and say, hey, look, look how great this looks. We have no barriers. Why not get into the business as a business of importing things from this country? If you think they have such an incredible advantage in the marketplace, get into the business of importing things from that country and selling them here. Oh, well, I, I totally – I would never do that because I have a moral uh, dilemma with the fact that most a lot of the products coming to this country are done so with labor that is not it is and now we're right fact, back to the question that Mark asked you before, which you dodged, because I don't think he, he gave a straight answer I'll to it. I'll answer it if I get a chance. Go ahead. What? Well, you've had a, quite a, quite the chance. Well, okay. So you've been asked it. So you've been asked it multiple times. So let's ask it one more time. How does raising tariffs here in the United States in any way, shape, or form benefit very poor people with very few choices in foreign countries that are trying to make things that are sold here? Okay. It would not benefit them in the least because now it's going to hinder that product being brought into our country, and I do agree with that. Okay. However... I don't agree with the premise that, number one, their products coming in, I feel, in our country on an unlevel field, and then right. my product being You're talking about bad things. Country. Wait, wait, Kevin. You're talking about mm-hmm. things that are sort of unfair here, which these first world problems. Oh, dear me, my iPad isn't made in Waukegan. It's made in Shanghai. You know, these kind of problems. Whereas uh, over in the third world countries, you called in with a very legitimate concern, like, I'm so thin and starving, I can't feed my children. Like, there's a real concern there. I don't really care about where your iPad's made if you don't want an ipad made in shanghai then don't buy an ipad you know spend your money on uh, italian and food I, no, and, I don't buy i don't uh, buy ipads whatever I mean, i'm with you there i'm with that's you. all no, fine all and dandy but what i'm concerned with is actually helping these people and i'll tell you how you help them you get rid of barriers to trade so that these people can work hard and make a better life like our ancestors did in this country from 1870 to 1890 here in the united states the standard of living 
doubled. That has never happened on planet Earth any time in human history before or since. Something like that can happen in China and India if people will just let free people buy and sell things without hindrances. Well, but see, there you go, because it's not... There's always going to be slave labor if you don't police it, and there's way too much of it out there. There's and we're not more. Doing about there are it. more convicts in the United States that are that are working um, at slave, uh, you know, slave wages than there are in other countries. The United States has more inmates than any other country in the world, and you can like combine many of them and still come up with fewer That's inmates. Wow. The United States has. And what are you doing about slave labor, real live slave labor here in the United States? I, you know, that's a great point. I've seen Shawshank Redemption numerous times, and I'm totally against that type of practice. Well, totally. If you're concerned about the economy at all, Kevin, I mean, what what do you think, what kind of effect do you think this tariff would have on business owners and uh, people who want uh, to be customers at those businesses if they suddenly have to pay more? A, I would only use it as a, a way to have the other countries lower their tariffs. And put us more on an equal. Well, you, you don't you don't escalate uh, conflict in order to okay. remove conflict. I mean, that's what you're saying is well, you have these I tariffs, like so we're let's at war. we're going to create our own yes. tariffs. Yes, you do. What's that? He says he feels like we're at war. Yeah, we're and this is this is the wrong this is the wrong mentality. Look, their 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 mm. policy may be incorrect in that they have tariffs. They should get rid of tariffs. But the way you encourage people to deregulate, the way you encourage more freedom is by setting an example. You show the world, "Hey, look, this is what happens when you don't have tariffs. You get more trade, you get more vibrant trade, uh, and then you can set that example and then hopefully the rest of the world will see that and say, "Wow, let's try that too." Thanks uh, for the call I'm tonight. I'm kind of like Kevin. Teddy Roosevelt. Carry big big step walks off with carry big Sick. Yeah, I don't know about that. Thanks well, for the it call. sounds to me like you want a war on your own citizens. Yeah, uh, because th- those are the people that are going to suffer along with everyone else. Right. Well, let's talk about tariffs only benefit bureaucrats. Yeah, it only benefits the politicians. Let's talk about the, how that hurts people in America. Poor people in America coming up in moments. Eight five five four fifty three. The SACL CAI toll free line. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. If they threaten you in your home, you can try to escape their tentacles by packing the car, leaving your house and much you've worked for, and hope to cross their borders. But if you lived on a boat, you weigh anchor and sail away. Not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a car or SUV ashore. You can be involved for $1,000 and a commitment as little as eight months. EricksonCouncil.com is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And once again, 855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you would like to support Free Talk Live, you are invited to become an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. The Free Talk Live AMP program, it's three bucks a month. You get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, and more. And Free Talk Live takes that $3 and invests it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board as well over at amp.freetalklive.com. That's where you can go to help us with that. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was, too, for many years. And you probably know that they're not that good for you. Uh, You know, they can kill you. As a matter of fact, there's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier by one metric. It's the e-cigarette by Vaporsmiths.com. 
Now, the e-cigarette by Vaporsmith.com is one of the best-made e-cigarettes available on the market today. Uh, it's of the, made of the highest quality and has a, a, a booster in it so that uh, when, you, when you pull on it, you get a, a larger amount of vapor because it's just no fun to try one of these things that uh, you know, just has a sort of a trickle of uh, vapor that, that comes out. comes in all kinds of different flavors, um, you know, regular sort of cigarette flavors, menthol, um, cloves. And then uh, different flavors like uh, cherry, vanilla, strawberry, uh, you know, very enjoyable stuff. There's incredibly fast shipping, so if you decide you want to do this, uh, you won't lose your energy by the time it shows up. You get When you do get the pack, you'll get it for free. You can get the free e-cigarette from Vaporsmiths.com just by using coupon code FTL when you purchase 40 cartomizers. The cartomizers are, I think it's uh, $69.99 for 40 cartomizers, and a cartomizer contains as much nicotine as a pack of cigarettes. You know as well as I do, you can't get 40 packs of cigarettes for uh, $69.99. Go to Vaporsmiths.com, use coupon code FTL to purchase 40 cartomizers. You'll get free shipping and the free starter kit. Or call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com, coupon code FTL, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. you got to mention FTL there, too. Yep, 855-450-FREE is our number here. Let's get back to the China discussion in a moment because, Derek, you've been there. Yes. And I right. wanted to get your experience. But first, let's talk to Justin calling from Pennsylvania. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Do I sound okay? Yeah, sounds yeah. fine. Go ahead. Okay, cool. My phone was a little flaky there for a second. I would like to talk about uh, vapor smiths and vaping for a few moments. If I okay. Could. Awesome. Yeah. So I bought a, uh, a starter pack from Vapor Smith for my mom for Christmas because she's been trying to quit smoking for as long as I've been alive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's not easy. I mean, I'm, I'm chuckling, I suppose, because I understand what this is like. It is an incredibly difficult thing to do. I mean, this it, stuff's highly addictive. It is. And, I, and I've never tried smoking before in my life, but when I got the pack... You know, I pulled it out. I was like, mm, that smells awful like a cigarette." <laughs> so I took a I took a hit off of it. First time in my life, I got like 18 milligrams of nicotine in like one shot. <laughs> wow! I don't know how people that smoke cigarettes regularly can do that every day, like a pack a day. It was crazy. But I didn't do it since then. But I did. I did like a. I think I did like five about five hours of reading and research over the course of three days because mm-hmm. I want to make sure you know it'd be okay. It's your mom, her. right? Yeah, you know? exactly. So. What I found out is, like, I looked at the, I wanted to see what ingredients were in it, like uh, pretty much all vaping in general, and there's really only just a few things. There's, like, literally the the primary thing is the vaping component, which makes, you know, which makes the, the smoke appearance, and then there's the nicotine, and then there's the flavorings. Yep. And... Uh, this vaping component is, like, glycerin or something like that? Yeah, it's... There's, like, two... The only, it's, like, polypylene... Uh, I think it's propylene glycerol or something okay. like that. Glycol, I think. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. And there are people that have allergic reactions to it. Okay. And as a response to that, uh, some of the vaping community came up with a vegetable-based glycerol that you can, like, buy from the grocery store. Okay. So there, there are e-cigarettes out there you can get. They're, like, 100% quote-unquote organic in the sense that there's no artificial flavorings. Huh. And if you happen to be allergic to the propylene glycerol, it's, you can just get the veggie-based stuff. And that's okay. and highly unusual for somebody to be allergic to that stuff? It is. I mean, from all the forums I read, it was really unusual, but the ones that did have a reaction to it, they were like, wow, I'll, I feel like I'm going to die. But when they switched to veggie-based stuff, because they had two choices, everything. go back to cigarettes or stop vaping, and they, yeah, they yeah. refused to go back to cigarettes. So then they switched to veggie-based stuff, and they were fine. They How did your mom problem. take to the cigarettes, or to well, the uh, vapor right 
she loved it. Once I showed her how to work it, you know, and everything, and explained to her about the cardamizers and all that, she she loved it right away. Oh, that's terrific. Does she have a favorite so, flavor? What's that? Does she have a favorite flavor? Uh, I think she likes the, the minty and the strawberry stuff. Oh, yeah. The strawberry is I, really good. Um, I mean, you know, I've got to say. <laughs> I like the menthol. Yeah. yeah. It's good. I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend someone that's not a smoker. To no, do the I wouldn't either. And if you're... And if you really want to try it, then get the veggie-based stuff with the zero nicotine. With the zero nicotine. They do have the option if you want to do it. You can do the zero nicotine. I, I yep, would, yep. would recommend that to people. Has that launched over at, uh, at Papersmith's? What, the, zero the zeros? I thought they had the zeros uh, over when there. I talked to the guy, not, runs... and I did ask him about that, and he said if he gets enough um, support from the community, he'll probably offer it. I think he said he needs about like 50 or 60 uh, repeatable customers to make it worth his while. Because zero nicotine, because there's just not much demand for it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Justin, thanks <laughs> for the call. I right? appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, yeah, the guy from Vaporsmiths, uh, Stephen. Yeah, I'd uh, talked to him about getting zeros because he had sent some to us for testing purposes in the past. Right, and he said they're not actually uh, as this was like as of a month ago. They were not uh, for sale at that time. He was thinking about launching them in 2012. So the Vaporsmith Zero is a potential product and i guess if that's something you want you should get in touch with them uh, you know i've got to say my experience and i'm not recommending this for anybody but we had some lights here that mm-hmm. they sent along that had different flavors because the two that were zeros were like vanilla and cherry. cherry those were the two types that we had in zero and there were a bunch of different flavors that came in and strawberry was in a an ultra light so it has a very little amount of nicotine and the way that nicotine comes through the e-cigarette and a, and a regular cigarette somewhat different I left for Florida for the last, I mean, I've been pulling on this light one, the strawberry one for some time while here in the studio. And I went for, to Florida and I never even thought about my e-cigarette. Right? I mean, it, you know, I'm not a, I, it's, not, it's not like not a cigarette, addicted. you know, it's not the same kind of addiction. It'll satiate the addiction for people that, you know, smoke. It'll, it'll help with that. Uh, what was the, you know, the numbers were that a group of people who had decided they didn't want to take a smoking cessation program were taken. And I think it was 40 of them um, didn't. And they, they were given the e-cigarette just to try it. And then six months later, 50% of them had cut their intake by half and 25%, not an additional, but 25% had completely stopped smoking and just were doing the e-cigarette. So, I mean, that's how powerful this is. These are people that didn't want to quit. That has been my experience. I was a smoker who picked up the Vaporsmith e-cigarette and I have uh, cut down smoking dramatically um, from a pack a day to about two cigarettes. And this is something that I, w- I didn't have forced on me or anything. It's just, it's often so much more convenient to pick up this stick that I don't have right. to light, you can that I can carry just about in my anywhere. pocket. I can put it out in my pocket after just two puffs and not have to dot it out anywhere. Right. So it And it tastes better. <laughs> it doesn't leave my clothes smelly. There's just a laundry list of reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's, it's been fantastic. Our toll-free number here tonight, 855-450-FREE. So, China. Let's uh, let's go back to this discussion about uh, Chinese products. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that where Vaporsmiths are manufactured? Yeah, they actually do manufacture. They, they do some stuff in the United States, as I understand it, but they get their product done in, in China. I mean, manufacturing's done over there. It's our, the, I, I was surprised to hear the caller mention the horrible conditions of China because I, I went to China three years ago uh, for the summer and stayed with a family in China. Where? Um, in Beijing. Okay. And we 
did a bit of touring around through the rural area as well, but mostly we were in Beijing. I got to see what the malls were like, the streets, and um, some of the factories. And I can tell you, yeah, they weren't ideal. They're not the kinds of places I want to be working. These people um, were living sometimes in the food cart where they would prepare food in the morning Mm -hmm. and then they would sleep there at night. Um, They would sometimes live in the factories where they worked in bunks with their other employees. But it's not like they didn't have options. Like that that was something that they chose. They applied for that job or they went into business for themselves and are doing that because that's what they want to do. It's not like anyone's got a bullwhip on their back. And it's hard, hard, hard work. And I understand why the caller might want to use sort of a hyperbolic term like slave labor, but he's it's not slave labor That's this happened in the slaves. united states for some reason it was okay that the united states brought itself up from sort of a you know a completely undeveloped area through the company store and company towns where companies would you know throw up housing and have employees live there and then have them buy from the company store and these kind of things these are these are less than ideal circumstances but these people are looking for the future of their children and that's what we have to let them do. Right. And if somebody wants to live on the premises of the place that they work, that's an economic decision. Because you think about it, if you can live at the place you work for, let's say, for nothing, somebody can come live, an apartment. Somebody can come live in my house and do my yard work if they want. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what? Toll-free number here, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More about how tariffs hurt people in this country, poor people especially. It's Free Talk Live. Hour 2 next. From filmmaker A.I. Wintermute comes the feature-length documentary, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It chronicles the real-life activists who have moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and the many ways in which they seek to live free. But he needs your help to get this important story off the ground. Visit LibertyDocumentary.com, watch the trailer, and find out how you can help bring this film to life. That's LibertyDocumentary.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. Derek J. And Mark. We invite you to the website over at freetalklive.com. You can take control over on the site as well by, well, you can submit whatever you want to it. Find something online that you think is interesting think it's useful or fun or whatever, you submit it to the freetalklive.com site, and then other listeners can vote as to how they feel about your suggestion. The most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site at freetalklive.com. So do head on over there and get interactive as uh, we continue here. Uh, coming up, talk a little further, I think, about tariffs and how, it, how they hurt poor people the most uh, over here. But also... Uh, coming up, Derek J has something to share with us uh, about $1.2 trillion being added on to the national debt, or the ceiling, I guess. We'll uh, get into that here in a moment. But we first go to your phone calls, and we'll talk to Curtis calling from Manchester in New Hampshire. Curtis, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Derek J and Mark. Hey, Ian, Derek, and Mark. What's going on, guys? Hey, dude. Hello. What's on, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I just wanted to plug NH for Ron Paul 2012com Why is that? What are they doing? Well, trying to organize some um, 
uh, housing for people who want to come up and campaign for Ron Paul. Yeah, as I understand and, it, uh, there's some big uh, plan to have uh, folks come up from all around the country. Isn't it the case that, I guess, Adam Kokesh and uh, Tom Woods and, I, I guess, Jordan Page, the mu- musical artist, will all be having some sort of a, a, a powwow or convention of some sort, like in a couple weeks? Yeah, I think it's uh, January 7th. It's supposed to be some sort of, like, thank you party for the people who come up and campaign hard for Ron Paul. Is that the date of the primaries? Yeah, when is the Uh, primary? Isn't it the 10th? Yeah, I believe it's the 10th. So people are going to be coming up from around the country, and you're trying to help out uh, in finding locations for them to crash, like couches and that sort of thing? Yeah, I've actually offered up my apartment because people did the same for me last go-around when I came up from North Carolina to campaign for them in uh, November and December of uh, 07. So I figured, you know, I'd pay it back, pay it forward, that sort of thing, and offer up some space for people to do the same. Was that your first encounter with New Hampshire when you came up to do the Ron Paul thing? Uh, as an adult, sure. I see. So, so it was a pretty made a pretty good impression on you coming up here then. Um, absolutely. I I came up and um, I, mean, I come from a background of door to door sales and business to business sales. So when I heard about what they were calling Operation Live Fear Die, uh, which was an effort to get people to come up and campaign for them. Um, I felt like, you know, as my duty, I had to come up and, you know, use my skills to try to help them. How effective um, do you think it is to do door-to-door campaigning for another person? Because, I mean, I know that they tell politicians, like if you're running for state house, to hit all the, you know, th- 2,000 doors in your, um, in, in your you know, little area, your ward or whatever it is. But how, how effective is it to, to campaign for somebody else? So if I went knocking door-to-door for Ron Paul, I mean, how effective is that? I've got no clue. I don't. I don't know how you'd measure that. Yeah, um, I don't either. You know, the guys that do know. I mean, it was something they offered through the campaign. They had walk lists and whatnot. And yeah. the first, there was you know different things you do. You'd start off trying to identify people and their issues, and then you'd come back again to talk to them about their issues, and then you'd come back again for like the get out the vote effort. So um, the campaign must feel it's worth you know putting some you know unpaid labor on it. So. Yeah. Uh, at least is worth as much as phone banking, I suppose. Yeah, it's got to be worth that. If it's got to be worth more, getting somebody face to face. So, what is the what are the if if somebody opens up their house to uh, somebody coming up? I mean, what are the chances of getting a weirdo? Probably pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't mean Ron Paul weirdos. I mean <laughs> weirdo weirdos. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't know there was much of a difference. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. Uh, you got me. I, I could probably answer the previous question better than that one. I just, you know, I, you know, I mean, these are oh. going to be questions that people ask themselves. What do you think what the odds of, are somebody's going to come all the way up to New Hampshire? It doesn't seem and they're likely. Not a Ron Paul supporter. It, it I mean. doesn't seem very likely that. Well, I mean, they could be, uh, you know, a Ron Paul supporter and a weirdo. Well, but, that's a possibility. But uh, you know, I guess. Um, what about uh, what other responsibilities does one have besides providing them a place to sleep? I mean, do they have to drive them places, or you know, what what level of responsibility does one have beyond a couch? That would obviously be up to the individual who who decides to offer up any sort of thing. I have, um, I just have floor space that people can throw air mattresses on. I could probably fit up to ten or twelve people, um, but I'm making it very clear that you know I expect them to be gone during the days campaigning, or at least pretending to campaign because yes. I'm not inviting people up here to you know join the party or anything and have get out there time. and feed like, the ducks. You know, <laughs> About how many people are you expecting to uh, house? Me personally, like I said, I could probably house up to ten or twelve um, well, f- f- throughout this effort six, before the primary. Um, are we talking about I'm aware of hundreds like five of people, or six people who are offering stuff up? So maybe fifty or sixty out of the ones I'm aware of. Wow. 
Um, so people can go to nhforronpaul2012.com, and there's a, there's a it's a forum, from what I can tell, and posts uh, if they have housing available or if they're looking for housing. Maybe they're coming here from uh, from other places. Because I know that during the 2008 campaign, there was video, like Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com has video footage of these folks that were staying at other people's houses. And, I mean, it seemed from all – Seemed like it went well. I mean, I didn't. I don't recall hearing anything like, yeah, "Wow, there's this really creepy guy." Here. I haven't heard anything. I didn't hear anything like that about that last time. And I, but I, you know, people, you know, need to. The people are wanting. Somebody out there wanted a, that question asked. Well, if it's your house, you have the prerogative to kick somebody out, right? Yeah. Like you don't have to keep someone there if they're creepies. No creeps allowed. Uh, no get, need to suffer fools. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so NH for Ron Paul 2012.com is where some of this organizing is going on. And what you told me something else off the air, Curtis, uh, over on Facebook about apparently some news out of Iowa. Can you really, uh, relay that? Yeah. A Politico blog post came out just after you guys went on the air, um, saying that the Iowa GOP has announced that they're going to move the vote counting to an undisclosed location or to, you know, quote unquote, protect the integrity and accuracy of the vote. And they kind of pointed at some of the Occupy groups saying, this is why we're doing it. Um, but uh, Occupy Des Moines? Like what? Are, yeah. <laughs> there's a, are there's they an in, Occupy movement in Iowa? Probably. Are they insinuating that before it was unsafe and not reliable? Yeah, that's what they're saying. I, you got me, but the, the comments on the blog post are pretty unanimous and that this is going to cost Ron Paul the Iowa GOP, or the win in Iowa. So wait, so, this is not going to be public? There's there's no way that anybody from the outside can observe the counting of the vote, that it's all going to be done by uh, by Republican insiders? As far as I know, um, I can't speak for Iowa law, but um pretty sure in New Hampshire uh, any campaign can designate a vote counter or whatnot, but um, that's only worth so much, you know. If you're one guy out of two dozen that's in there and you're being asked to stand in the corner and, and watch, you know, is this? I guess so what I don't understand about a caucus is, they don't want to. is is a caucus just run by the party or is it run by the state? It's run by the party. I mean, people people do them at their houses. You can campaign at the caucus. I mean, it's a party thing. So then, in that case, that that's why they can keep it completely closed, then, right? Because it's not a state election. Is that is that the case? I I don't know. Kind of what confused me because I saw a video of uh, the caucus last go around. It appeared as though they were like in giant tents, and um, you know it was a lengthy process of like campaigning for whoever and multiple um, rounds to try to sway people to your guy. And then they go to like one corner, and people who participated, the one video I saw, did the counting. So I was kind of surprised to hear that they're going to centralize it, but um, possibly that's what they did last time. I can't say for sure. What a sham voting is if these rules can just be changed at a whim and it's really not how people understand it to be. They can just uh, meet in secret and count these votes differently than they have in the past and claim that it's more legitimate now than it was before. I mean, come on. That's this is crazy. Curtis, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Once again, uh, the website you're on there plugging is uh, nhforronpaul2012.com for folks that are either planning on coming to New Hampshire to help the Ron Paul campaign or are already here and want to help offer some uh, some space. Thanks for the heads up on that. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number, 1-855-450-3733. And then suggesting that... Uh, yeah, here it is over at Politico. Uh, Iowa vote count location. Excuse me. Iowa GOP moving vote count to undisclosed location. Uh, 
Uh, threats to disrupt the Iowa Republican caucuses next week have prompted the state GOP officials to move the vote tabulation to an undisclosed location. They have not yet told the campaigns exactly where the returns will be added up, only that it will be off-site from their Des Moines headquarters. The, uh, let's see, activist groups have indicated they will attempt to interrupt rallies in the closing days before the next Tuesday's caucuses. The AP reported that Occupy is making plans to attend some caucuses and vote no preference, but do not, but not to disturb the voting process. So are they really doing this because of the Occupy movement, or are they doing it because of Ron Paul? More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The new Ruger LC9 Centerfire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol designed for discreet carry, is also a full-power, no-compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com slash LC9 to learn more. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number for you, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features are free, and they include the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo to show they are listeners of this program shrine.freetalklive.com or video you can send a video into uh, shrine.freetalklive.com we were just talking about how people from around the country are going to ron paul fanatics uh, from around the country are going to be coming here to new hampshire within the next couple weeks because of the uh, the primary that will be happening they'll be focusing their efforts on doing some door-to-door campaigning likely some sign wavings and other things like uh, that will reach out to folks in the new hampshire area to encourage them to vote for ron paul in the primary and this is uh, kind of similar to what happened back in 2007, I believe it was, when it was 2008. Anyway, back in that campaign, uh, when people came up here and did the same thing, they basically crashed on folks' uh, floors and couches and met a lot of the people within the Liberty community in New Hampshire because we, we already had some early movers here back in 2007 as part of the Free State Project, which is a movement to encourage liberty-minded people to come to the same place, which is the reason why all three of us are here tonight together is because of the Free State Project. Uh, hundreds have already made the move, so we have probably – a few hundred people more now as here in new hampshire as part of the free state project this year than we did back in 2007 and 2008 so it should be a a bigger effort this time not just from outside of state but from inside uh as well and it gives these ron paul supporters a real you know great opportunity to come and experience what it's like to be around a real movement like a real liberty movement if you've never been here before, you don't even understand what I'm talking about. There's more that happens in, uh, in in some cases, some weeks. There's more that happens in a week here than happened in a year in Florida for me. Right. The activism here is staggering. Just the, the amount that happens and the way that uh, all different kinds of people from around the country, and I use air quotes, is, uh, come together to uh, – in increase the liberty in their own lives and show other people the way they can do it themselves. So I think it'll be really great for the people who are interested in getting Ron Paul elected. Those types of people are going to love seeing what happens here in New Hampshire for themselves. And if they don't decide while they're here that they want to stay, if they don't decide that this is the right place for them and they, you know, they go back home, they go back to their lives after the, the primary down the line, 
New Hampshire is going to become more and more attractive to them because once you've experienced New Hampshire's liberty activism scene, if you try to compare it to anything else out there, it's whatever else you're comparing it to is going to pale in comparison. Right. Uh, and so, these people are clearly activists. They're willing to move, yeah. you know, move some distance in order to come to New Hampshire and work for the Ron Paul campaign in a lot of cases for free. So, and if Ron Paul isn't elected in 2012. Then of course there's going to be the inevitable activist burnout uh, yeah, it's, factor it's be tough. that will happen, and of course people are getting their hopes up even more so I think this time than than before for Ron Paul, which is going to contribute to a greater burnout factor yeah. uh, for activists. I, I would hope that people don't put all their faith into a political solution to any problem. Uh, I would hope in, so too, Derek, but I know they will. Yeah. Some people will. <laughs> well, well, it's, it's your it's hopes. Difficult not to. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to work so for tempting. a campaign without uh, getting your hopes up. I mean, well, you know, that's just what campaigns are about. Right, but I mean, if they are people who care about liberty, there are other ways to contribute um, to the cause of liberty, to advance it in one's own life and for others, besides a political solution. Right. So I would hope that would be maybe the next step. Uh, for Ron Paul's not some, the, the one true stuff. solution, and that's important for people to, right. to know. It may be how they find the liberty movement. It may be what brings yeah, them in, into the movement. But it's important to talk about the potential for burnout in advance so people who may be new to these, uh, this movement or new to politics or new to activism in general will understand what might likely come about uh, because it's a real thing. And, uh, and people that are the most active in whatever it is we're talking about, whether it's uh, you know, doing civil disobedience or doing politics – if you get really active, and you've been really active, Derek, so I might, I've always wondered, oh God, is Derek going to burn out on this? Um, because you know, the, the, those who shine the brightest, the, you know, the stars who shine the brightest, might be more subject to to burning out. Well, uh, with a little help from my friends, I'll I'll stay uh, alive and alert. And that's one thing you have up here force. is is friends is uh, in the in the movement in New Hampshire, the Free State Project uh, or the Shire Society. You've got people who will support you, which is why I'm so I was so disappointed when I see stories like uh, I saw today online a, a young lady who's come to visit us in uh, in Keene a few times. Uh, Nicola was arrested in a place mm-hmm. called Quartzsite, Arizona today, which. I guess there's a story behind there's Quartzite. There's a big story behind Quartzite, but I d- couldn't be able to – I couldn't rattle it off for you. There's like some major corruption and the, the mayor is like on the side of, of freedom, I guess, or something like that. And, and there's huge – there's a huge clash, I guess, between ideology down there or something. Anyway, we don't have time to get into that. But she was arrested on some nonsense loitering charge for not answering a question uh, that the cops were asking her. But it's always so frustrating to see people who, you know, we know because they've been to visit New Hampshire mm-hmm. getting busted somewhere else where there's just no community. Somebody posted on Facebook, is there anyone in the court site area who can help with this? I don't know if anybody responded to that request, but I didn't see an immediate response. Whereas I know that if they, somebody were arrested up here, the response would be immediate. I mean, there would be multiple phone calls that would go out. Oh, to text messages text flying messages, out to everyone, emails, things. Yeah, right. I mean, because people are here. Hundreds of people have come here, and there's just no way that you can deny that having a concentration of activism makes a difference. I mean, after all, that's why they're asking Ron Paul activists to come to the same place, because the Ron Paul campaign realizes you get more people in one place, you're more effective. Yep. So follow that to its logical end and realize that you know, if Ron Paul doesn't – even if Ron Paul does get elected, the country's not going to be free – you know, in the next four years, he's still just the president. There's only Not so much he can do. Like it. Right. And, well, and right. he wants to be a constitutional president, which is to say a weak one. 
So, uh, so again, you know, Ron Paul is not the solution. Even if he does get elected, you still need something more tangible, something more that you can do in your life, which is why what you say is important, Derek. If people just ignored these government folks, they'd go away. If mm-hmm. enough people ignored them and pretended like they were just some strange gang who sends threatening letters around to people, uh, then they wouldn't have the same effect. There aren't very many of them. And I always bring it back to the schoolyard, you know, because that's that's where I think uh, a lot of us encounter some freedom when we are interacting with other uh, kids our age. Um, It's on the schoolyard and there aren't very many bullies on them. Most people are playing and having a good time. But the the few who pick on people, if everyone just ignored them, they would have nothing to go for. Or better yet, if the bully actually did pick on somebody and a bunch of other people surrounded that person and refused to allow the bully to hurt that other – without hurting the bully, but, you know, refused to allow the bully to hurt that other person, then the bully would be completely ineffective and give up at some point. Right. Absolutely. Uh, They would be – a. Peaceful person would be better off if he or she were surrounded by peaceful people uh, in order to stave off a, a bully, I would say. Precisely. So uh, so I, I talk about all this because I want people to come to the Liberty Forum. So if you're not able to come up for the Ron Paul campaign, maybe that's not your speed or you're not into that, uh, then get up here. Or even if you can come up for the Ron Paul campaign, stay for the Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 26th. Yeah. It is your chance to get together with hundreds of other like-minded people in the same hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire. For the weekend, Thursday through Sunday in that case, and you'll get to see great speakers and panel discussions. You can party at nighttime. There's uh, daytime luncheons and uh, dinners and all kinds of great stuff. It's a great community, and you owe it to yourself, if you love liberty, to come check it out. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and use our discount code FTL2012 to get signed up and save 10%. freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. More coming up. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. Bring up anything you want. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And uh, you can enjoy the features we have there, including archives that go all the way back to late 2006, all free at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Well, we uh, we spent the last segment talking about one solution for freedom. Another one is the Erickson Council. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you need a boat. Not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food. It has a shallow draft to be able to get a, a four-wheel drive car or SUV ashore. With a life yacht, you could live free Nearly uh, of nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore, seashore home anywhere in the world. You can be involved for $1,000 in the commitment of as little, as few as eight months. It's ericksoncouncil.com. All right. So uh, back to the discussion we were having earlier tonight about tariffs. A gentleman had called in to suggest that we need to level the playing field. 
as though that's something that's even possible, uh, with the idea of uh, charging higher tariffs on other countries' products because he slipped in that he thought that it wasn't right that uh, so many products are manufactured outside of the United States. Right. Well, he, well the spurious claim was that he was uh, you know doing it because of slave labor in other countries, and you know we sort of ferreted it out that his uh, you know idea of tariffs really wasn't going to help poor people in foreign countries who are working in you know very right. bad conditions because there are very bad conditions in their country and he admitted that when you pointed that out he did admit that uh, a tariff would not help those people because if you put tariffs on things that are coming from other countries it drives down the demand for them here and so therefore they won't buy those things from other sure. countries or they would be less likely to buy those things therefore as those a price people might go out like lose their jobs as yes. a result as a price goes up demand decreases so that's one of the reasons why it hurts poor people in other countries, but it also hurts uh, poor people in this country. And the reason why is because if you think about it, sure, it'd be great if all the products that we could buy were manufactured close to home, but it's not very realistic. The, one of the reasons why products are made worldwide is because of the huge regulatory burden that the federal government and state and local governments put on businesses where eventually a business owner is just like screw this i'm not going to deal with all the jumping through all these hoops i'll just open my factory somewhere else and pay to ship the products here if it's worthwhile for them to do that that's what they do and the reason why it's not worth it for them to stay is because the government has made it difficult for them to stay that's right then the government doesn't just make it difficult by suggesting that these people have certain practices they actually threaten them with guns and caging and i I think that's what's important to underline anytime someone proposes regulation is remember that there's a gun behind it so like it really would have to be a an especially good idea to say that putting a gun to someone's head is is the right thing to do well and usually that's the sign that it's a bad idea right because i would think so it's a good idea you can get people to do it on their own through voluntary coercive means i can't imagine anything that it's a good idea where step one is put gun at people voluntary coercive i meant voluntary consensual means you know i worked at uh, plenty of jobs before you know you and i were able to make free talk live a real uh, a real business concern and I don't think there's any regulation that says that there has to be air conditioning at a uh, you know a sales location like at, a, at an office. But well, they, you wouldn't know, right? You've never tried to open an office like that. I've, so. I've never, but I you know I'm just assuming that there's no regulation that says that you have to have air conditioning in order to do this. I can tell you, I grew up in a house in Florida that had no air conditioning, mm-hmm. so there's certainly no regulation that you had to build houses with uh, with air conditioning, and they never shut these places down if the air conditioner ever broke. So I'm of the opinion that this is the case. Maybe. How come these offices had air conditioning? I'll tell you, it's because nobody's going to work there if it didn't have air conditioning. They'd go on and work someplace else because their working conditions would be too miserable. Because the marketplace decided that that was worth it to give employees a better working environment, etc. So so all the regulations driving jobs overseas hurts poor people because it makes you know fewer jobs for people to be able to attain. But look, we, we're not likely, you know, the federal government isn't likely going to repeal those regulations tomorrow. So this situation isn't going to change anytime within the foreseeable future. So let's understand that those products, whatever they are, are being made where they're being made, and that's how it is. So with that known, with that as a you know a known factor, then let's look at how those products you know get here and what people are paying for them. You know, a lot of people complain about oh Chinese products are da da da. I don't want Chinese. Fine, don't buy Chinese products. But if I find a product made in China or Pakistan or or Thailand or wherever that's better than the product made 
in New Hampshire, I'm going to go with a better product, or I'm going to go with a product with a better price that may not be quite as good, but the price is much better. So I'm going to go with, with that. As a shopper, I should be free to make those choices. And when you increase tariffs or even have tariffs on imports, on products coming into the so-called United States, you're hurting poor people more than anyone else. And I mean poor people in the United States. Yes, it hurts the poor people in the other countries by making it so fewer people buy their products. But also, poor people only have so much money to spend. They only have so much discretionary Mm -hmm. income. There's only, you know, X amount of dollars coming in every single week. And if all of a sudden you increase tariffs by however many percentages, you know, the control freaks want to increase them, you double the price of Chinese products on the the store shelves, well, then all of a sudden people are going to be less likely to buy them. And therefore, or maybe they'll only be able to buy so much because they only have so many dollars to spend. So if you force everybody to buy American-made products, it means that the dollar goes even less further than it currently goes. The amount of, you know, if you've got $20 in your pocket after paying the bills at the end of the week, then that $20 can't buy as much stuff it is not as valuable to the the individual holding it, and so essentially you're you're creating price inflation by I mean you're, price price increases by adding taxes or adding tariffs onto these prices, and that hits the poor the hardest. So you're right. making it more difficult for the poor to get but, some of the things they need for life. So the answer that they're going to have to this is in the long term, what you do is you create more union jobs, and um, therefore you know the, the, because you've created this tariff and this insular economy. But one of the reasons that Union jobs were successful in the, you know, late 40s, early 50s and into the 60s was because the United States bombed the crap out of half of the Mm -hmm. world and the other half of the world bombed the crap out of itself. So, I mean, you know, most of the world's economies and manufacturing were destroyed and the other half was under, uh, you know, communist rules. So they had a, a, uh, you know, they had an economic system that doesn't really work for uh, exporting and and manufacturing things. So you, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but the union dream with tariffs, including tariffs, isn't going to work the same way as it did the last time. I just like to bring the argument to the extreme a bit because I wonder where does this end? I mean, if the people who are for a tariff in the U.S. cite China and India as examples for why the U.S. needs one, I mean, say they have a $4 tariff and then... We all go to a $4 tariff. Now it's a level playing field, and then someone increases their tariff to $6, to $10, to $100. Is it a good idea then to increase our tariff to match that level? Because China doesn't give a flying flip at a rolling donut how uh, you know their poor poorer citizens live. These folks are used to living as dirt farmers, the poorest of the poor, and they're not... You know, they may be aspiring to more, but it's not like anything's being taken from them. Humans are motivated by loss, not by gain nearly as much. So I don't foresee a huge revolution because these farmers are living at dirt farmer level because they've been living at dirt farmer level for a very long time. And revolution and, you know, revolution occurred with Mao. But, uh, you know, I don't see it happening again anytime soon. So this idea that you're going to create tariffs that are going to create more wealth for the poor, not going to do it. Mm-mm. Well, you don't create wealth by taxing people. Period. No, just taking money from people that doesn't help anyone. It in makes the, the bureaucrats wealthier, yes. but that's about it. Yeah, but I, I think the opportunity cost of what they're doing of stealing money from people is really harming themselves and others. Right, and they don't see that. They don't realize the the damage that they're doing to the economy by 
all these controls. And if you really believe that tariffs are a good idea for the idea, for the suggestion that it's going to keep business in the U.S., then why not go all the way? Why not go ahead and just shut down all trade? Well, the reason why not is because that's insane, and it would make it so prices would, would skyrocket in every industry. We wouldn't be able to buy certain uh, products and services anymore, mm-hmm. uh, and it would really make this... You want to talk about isolationism? That's what isolationism is. Um, we're coming up here, 855-450-FREE. Open borders, free trade, that's the solution. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian, Derek J. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Head over there, get interactive, and if you want to support Free Talk Live, you can go and shop with us at shop.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon or Newegg through those links, well, actually, if you enter Amazon through those links, Free Talk Live gets a portion of your purchase at Amazon. If you enter Newegg, then the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund will get a portion of your purchase. But either way, liberty-oriented uh, groups will benefit when you enter shop.freetalklive.com and get your shopping taken care of. Once again, that's shop.freetalklive.com. Coming up, more on the debt ceiling. We'll get to uh, details about that here in a moment. But first, Alex is on the line in Maryville, Tennessee. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey. Um, I just wanted to follow up with a, a good example of what you're talking about. Uh, the the whole trade with the Chinese or whatever that uh, the guy had been railing against. Mm-hmm. Um, and provide a good example of the way this works. Um, I recently decided that I wanted to uh, learn how to play mandolin. Okay. And uh, if I wanted to buy an American-made mandolin, the minimum price is about double what I would pay for something uh, somewhat comparable that would be made in China. And to be honest, there are actually companies now that are making, because they've been doing this for quite a while now, they've become pretty good craftsmen at making instruments. So it's a comparable product? Yes. You can get a comparable product for about half or less. You know, it just uh, depends because when I... You look at let's say a Gibson made made in the U.S. mandolin. You're you're paying uh, generally entry level one would be about two thousand dollars, whereas I can get something comparable for about five hundred dollars that's wow. uh, uh, Asian made. And if it if we did not have the if we had these tariffs, I would never be able to afford to buy an American made mandolin. I would just, I would just. You be, hate your you know, country. You right. hate your country. <laughs> right. You should suffer without a mandolin until you can scrape together enough money because it needs to be made in America. Why don't you buy a guitar like a good American? And remember, if you, if you were to, uh, if if they were to put up these tariffs, the prices would necessarily rise of ma- American-made mandolins because the competition would decrease. Wouldn't be there, right? So maybe the American uh, companies are holding their price down to two thousand dollars as much as they can, so they can. They 
they compete are. with the Chinese so they products. Are. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe they're making better ones. I don't know. I would say generally the American-made ones are probably higher quality, but I can get something that I can teach myself how to play on. Right. Sure. I, I don't just an entry. I don't want to spend two thousand dollars to get into a hobby. <laughs> Understood. Right. Generally, it just doesn't make sense for the average person. That's why we have to have a free market. So people, <laughs> it helps us pursue our happiness a little bit better. Yeah, that's an excellent example of how a person has more opportunity under economic freedom where you're able to make a free choice about what you want to purchase. And now, uh, if since you have enough for a foreign mandolin, you could even um, you know perform for others and, and make it a business. You could have all kinds of uh, opportunities now. Right, and if he weren't able to afford it, if he could only buy the American mandolin, therefore he wouldn't be able to buy it because it's just not financially possible for him. As you said, Derek, if he were to be able to create a business out of having a mandolin and going and performing and things like that, that's never, again, opportunity cost. It's something that will never happen if he can't buy the mandolin in the first place, which he wouldn't be able to do if only the American one was there. So who knows what other things we'd be missing out on? What other who new knows businesses? what we are missing out who on? Knows, exactly, because right. there are tariffs today. I mean, it's not like we're talking about the, a world where there are no tariffs and adding tariffs to it. There are plenty of tariffs uh, today that are being charged on products coming in here, like vehicles, for instance. I want Is that it, darn flying car. Well, yeah, that'd be nice, and, too. Then that's the FAA that we're talking about that's actually blocking the flying car, because the flying car actually exists. Oh. You know that, right? No, this is news to me. There's actually two companies. I heard about a second one. There was Mahler Air Car, or excuse me, Mahler Sky Car, M-O-L-L-E-R. Punch that up on Google. That'll get you some cool-looking pictures. Uh, and that's been around for, what, a couple decades now, I think? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I, I wonder. It's still prototypey, but uh, if, you know, if they had a chance to be actually put these things well, in the Well, prototypey as in as though it actually flies. I mean, the thing works. Um, and then there's also a, com- a competitor that has cropped up recently, and I don't recall what their their name is. But- there was one that had like the it was a car that just had fold down wings. You could take it off, and uh, you know there's several. There's se- yeah. several of them. Are, they're trying them out, and we're going to have flying cars relatively soon because people are figuring this out. Thanks, uh, Alex. Any other thoughts you want to share? That's all for tonight, guys. Thanks for the story. Nice real life yeah. example of how it is that regulation can hurt people, especially the poor people, especially poor people. In fact, regulation is really targeted against poor people, if you think about it, uh, because to some extent, if you've got enough money, you can overcome the regulations. If you, you know, if you can afford to build the factory according to ex- the exact specs of the regulation, or you can afford to open a business with the, uh, like you want to start a restaurant, for instance, you might need some crazy $200,000 vent hood or, or you know cooking system or whatever. There's all kinds of crazy regulations out there. Then if you've got enough money, you can throw that at the problem and, you know, problem solved. Uh, but if you don't, you want to start a... Especially uh, when your competition's kept out because you have all these great regulations. Exactly. Well, the people who are very interested in regulating things for the safety of the people and and good of the public always conveniently leave some loophole where if you pay them a huge sum of money, you can break the rule. Pretty much. And uh, if you look, for instance, whether it's opening up your own uh, kitchen to make food and deliver it uh, without asking anybody's permission or or start your own taxi service without getting the taxi medallion from the local city government. Get a license for everything. These are all things that poor people can easily do. But mm-hmm. if they're found out, then they're subject to being arrested. Right. What's really the difference between a license and a bribe? 
I mean, you really... I, That's you, all it is. got to ask yourself. I mean, there's some licensing, there's some rules and some stipulations, but the fact is that the the with uh, the, the private market with just, you know, its own private licensing or, you know, registration or whatever it is that they... they certification. They call it, certification, they'd call it. They can handle this. Think about it for a second. The most... Uh, the most important part of your car when it comes to it is the brakes when it comes to safety there's no certificate there's no license for uh mechanics to be able to do brakes properly no but there is ASE certification yeah, there certainly is certification for it and if so, you see that ASE certif- certificate up on your uh you know your auto repairs wall then that means something i mean ASE is a real Serious certification, from what I understand, from having talked to people in that in that business. And you can use all the situations you want to talk about. Oh well, we've got to have licensing in this area because it's deadly. Look, brakes are a darn good example of something that's deadly if done poorly. Right, and everybody's okay. Yeah, we're doing okay. Private certification in that area. Let's continue with uh, Sydney calling from Montreal. Sydney, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Derek Jane. Hey guys. Hey. I'm changing the topic. Go right ahead. Uh, but uh, yeah, but before I get into that, there's a comment I want to make because uh, this is the first time I've taken the time to speak to the three of you. Uh, oh. I listened to a couple of shows, but I really started listening to your show while uh, Ian was in jail, and uh, because I know that's a good response when an activist with visibility gets arrested is to just pay more attention to their show. And uh, I want to say how beautiful it was to see everyone gather around Mark and uh, offer their support to just keep the show running. And I think it's a a real testament to the value that Free Talk Live has. So I wanted to uh, share that with you. Well, thank you. It is a, it's a beautiful movement full of wonderful people who really do come to the aid of, of each other when the times are necessary. And thought they would do so without a gun to their head. (laughs) So what else did you want to talk about? Uh, basically, I want to talk about the uh, the words that we use to describe our uh, political position, because uh, I don't remember exactly when this was, but it was recently. Uh, I heard you, Ian, uh, talking to a caller, and uh, you basically said something like, uh, I'm not an anarchist, I'm a voluntarist. And uh, when, like, to someone who knows what voluntarism is, uh, that sounds a lot like someone saying, like, no, I'm not Asian, I'm Japanese. And uh, it, I found it a bit uh, uh, confusing because I can understand how you um, you want to dissociate yourself from the word anarchist uh, as much as possible because it's a word that's been like uh, basically dragged through the mud like so many other words uh, mm-hmm. in politics. Uh, but uh, when you're like me personally, when I'm explaining something to someone that I've just met and I want to say something that suggests that uh, cops are anything less than uh, shining citizens offering us this great service, for example. Um, I basically, I used to say, uh, yeah, I'm a voluntarist, so blah, 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 blah. And the person would respond with, uh, voluntarist, what, what does that mean? What is that? And when I'd explain to them, they'd conclude by, oh, so you're an anarchist. And right now, my strategy is to basically, uh, I call it an A-bomb, basically. I I throw out A-bombs when I'm at a party because I'm like, yeah, I'm basically an anarchist, so blah, 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 blah. Because um, uh, I'd rather deal with the crud that comes with that word and let people see on their own that 
Uh, Tell you what, I'm hold not- that thought, Sydney. We'll bring you back here in a moment. 855-453-HOUR3 is next. You can take control. Free talk live. DigitPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigHeadPress.com. Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program, and you can dial in toll free to bring up whatever's on your mind at 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1 855 450 3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we'll give you the features on the site there on the house. So enjoy those and create the content of the site by submitting different items you find online that are of interest to you and that you think others will also find enjoyable. Or interesting. You submit them and then others get to vote on how they feel about it. And you vote on things too. And the most voted up, make it to the front page at freetalklive.com. Once again, freetalklive.com. We go back to Sydney listening in Montreal to Free Talk Live. God. Sydney, <laughs> you're back on yeah. the air here. Now, you, you were talking about uh, the, the, the terms voluntarist or voluntarist and or anarchist and how you tried using the term voluntar- voluntarist when people were asking you to describe yourself and then once you described whatever your description of voluntarist was some people would say to you you mean you mean you're an anarchist and so you basically yeah so you've given up on voluntarist and you've now you're you're throwing out what you said was the a bomb at parties and are using the term anarchist yeah because uh first of all i think voluntarist is the better word uh the only thing is that most people don't know what it means Great. That's why I think it's valuable because you can you're asked to define it, which means that they don't have any preconceived notions about it. Right. But Another, my, uh, the, the strategy that I prefer is to um, take the the word that's been dragged to the mud because all anarchists means is no rulers, right? I don't know and that it means that. Uh, it, it, it does mean no rulers, and so therefore it is grammatic. It is factually incorrect um, because you rule yourself. So therefore, you could only possibly be an autoarchist, or you could be dead. Um, an, an anarchist is a dead person. What I prefer to say, if somebody uses the term anarchist, is an anarchist is a, a person, usually European, that lobs bombs at people and uh, is actually a socialist. So um, you know that's what an anarchist is because that's what it means to people, and words are meant to convey meaning mark i'm i'm glad i called just to that distinction that's a great point um yeah because basically uh i i would use that term and let people see that i'm not flipping over tables or setting anything on fire to see okay i guess i guess anarchists aren't all that bad but uh yeah that's wow you 
that that point is so great. You took a lot of wind out of my sails right there. <laughs> well, I I would you know if I had that same mindset about the word anarchist, then I would do the same thing with libertarian. Well, I'm a libertarian, not like those Bob Barr libertarians or those uh, Glenn Beck libertarians or those other people that call themselves libertarians. See, I just don't even want to be mixed in with that crowd. I don't even want to have the chance of someone confusing me with those folks. So I don't use the term libertarian at it's all. It's loaded. L- Libertarian's loaded. Anarchist is loaded. Capitalist is loaded. All these terms are, are, are loaded, and I prefer not to use them if I can avoid doing it. I prefer not to call myself a classical liberal or a paleoconservative or any of these terms that people might want to stick on me. Um, you know, I mean, if, if I'm tied down to something, I usually will tell people either I'm a Quaker or I'm an abolitionist, because frankly, abolitionist is the very best term that comes to it. I'm against slavery. Governments Mm. are simply things that have risen out of the master-servant paradigm, and what we have today is essentially everybody believing that they're the master of everyone else. I'm just against slavery. Uh, I was was aware of abolitionist, and I think that's another great word to use um like i think the like throughout this conversation the conclusion that i'm reaching is that uh the best words to use for me anyway i speak only for myself when i say this is either uh, autoarchist or uh abolitionist and uh, hmm. yeah well i'd never heard I, the auto autoarchist before and i went i looked it up and it corrected dictionary.com corrected it to autarchist a u t a r c h i s t i've heard that too Autarchist, uh, as or as in autarky, one, one ruler, which means absolute it? sovereignty. Oh wow! Yeah. See, the, that's a great word. Super to be genius. Using. I'm over here saving I, your show. <laughs> this is me on the internet saving your show. <laughs> I think yeah. it's it's hugely important to uh, choose words wisely and use positive terms whenever possible. I, for one, don't like to introduce myself as an anarchist because that's saying I, you know, no rulers. I, I like to say voluntarist because I it, hate anarcho-capitalist the most. Because it's, <laughs> it's like, like taking, two of the worst words right, together. I, I'm, I'm a rapoist pedophile. Yeah, I mean, right. you know, it's, 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 it's yeah. the worst terms. It's like, ah, what? No, no, I'm not a rapophile in that I like little kids. No, and no, rape. not that. Uh, I, I, you know, I like simulated rape and whatever, uh, right? simulated little kids, right? I mean, I've been trying to, what? <laughs> I mean, you've lost, at that point, you've lost your audience completely now you have one advantage that i don't have when using Ooh. this term the, the the caller and i don't know can't remember sydney. sydney has an advantage that i don't have you get to see the terrified look on the face of the person when you <laughs> use this term and you can at least after you've stuck them to the ceiling attempt to tear them off of it right, i right. i've got an audience of you know hundred thousand people listening and everybody reacts differently to this term if you're going to use it i you know t- to me the 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 term it doesn't apply to me i mean it's yeah. it's not me don't make l- listeners suffer through, you know, hearing a, a word that they would think is is something offensive and and misinterpret it. You know, it's it's better to have uh, words that you are clear about the meaning of. I know, believe when, in peace, so, freedom, and personal responsibility. Right, and I think you only get one f- chance to make a first impression. Mm, so yeah. why not uh, start off? giving a, a definition of something really beautiful that encourages a free society rather than um, distinguishing oneself from a really terrible idea. Sydney, any other thoughts? Well, basically, I, I recognize that we're not in the same situation, but uh, to correct Mark, when I, when I throw out uh, an A-bomb, the, the look on people's faces isn't so much one of uh, shock and terror 
uh, so much as one of confusion, like, wait a second, why isn't he punching me or setting something on fire or ripping, uh, ripping up posters on the wall or something? Why, why is he so peaceful and uh, respectful? Of it's still confusing, and I don't, I, don't pre- I don't come at it from a perspective of what should I say on the air. I'm talking about impersonal interactions with other humans. Uh, I won't use that term at all. In fact, if somebody says, oh, well, you, you're an anarchist, because they might hear me say something very you know, anti-state. Uh, well, you must be an anarchist. Well, no, no, no. Uh, anarchy has a, a suggestion of violence. It has a suggestion of, uh, of no rules whatsoever, of chaos. And I believe in order, and I think that, uh, and I think that rules make sense. I believe in and- government. As long as those governments are voluntarily instituted, I believe humans need governance and that, you know, the idea that you have to have one monolithic government tied to a landmass, that's the problem I have. I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. have to have one insurance company. I don't have to have one church. Why do I have to have one government? I want people to think outside of the box. And using terms like anarchist, it's, it's, you know, you're playing into what those who would like to control that term would want. And I don't want to be associated with those people, and I don't want to have to disassociate from them. And I don't want to have to be associated with the so-called libertarians, and I don't want to have to spend the time and effort to disassociate from, uh, from those libertarians. And it's already going to come up often enough just from people coming to their own yeah, conclusions don't worry. <laughs> based on what you say. Well, you're a libertarian. You're an anarchist. Well, no, no, I'm not. I used to be a libertarian, but I quit being a libertarian because blah 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 and now i think this and no i'm not an anarchist because i think that uh, rules are valuable and that you know in a truly free market world we would still have rules on private property which means and i understand anarchy means no rulers but what matters is how people feel about a word and what they think that uh, that the meaning is and frankly anarchy to most people means sort of only the strong shall survive but look at the political process that we have today that, in yeah, fact, is what it is. I mean, if pe- <laughs> it's the rest of them out there that are anarchists. There you right. go, Sydney. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate hearing from you. Good luck out there. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. I don't want to stick someone to the ceiling. I don't want to mm-hmm. uh, to shock someone. Uh, I think the ideas are already difficult enough for, you know, shocking or or whatever. The the ideas are already iconoclastic enough for, for people to then label it with uh, with a term that evokes popular you know popularly evokes visions of windows being smashed on storefronts people in uh, balaclavas or people wearing um, you know face masks of some sort to obscure their identity i mean i'm not hiding i'm out in the open Plus, and it's a, a i'm not violent it's convenient insult if you say i'm an anarchist then all anybody has to say in order to marginalize your opinion is oh he's an anarchist Right, but I appreciate the concern and the care that the Sydney was taking in self-identifying and, and nailing that down because uh, definitely one has to know thyself. But yeah, that absolutely. circle A is a cool symbol. Yeah, it is cool. Eight five five four fifty three. So is the circle V, which is also very cool. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection: the, the GPS, GPS Black, Black Box, Box Dash Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. The toll-free number... 
855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there on the house, so enjoy those. The bulletin board system allows you to get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners over at bbs.freetalklive.com. bbs.freetalklive.com, and it's free. It's the new year. Time to consider new commitments. How about the commitment to protect your family? There's all kinds of destabilizing events that are happening around the world, whether it's unemployment, inflation, food shortages, national uh, natural disasters, and that's just to name a few of them. Uh, for my preparation, I choose wisefoodstorage.com. They offer delicious, ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff. There's all different kinds of, uh, of meals. Those are just two of the, uh, the most popular. And you can... Uh, they're packaged for freshness in individual metal mylar pouches that carry a 25-year shelf life. They come in a convenient uh, plastic tote, so you can just stack them up uh, however many you need for the size of your family and however long you want to prepare. They they cook in just minutes or prepare in just minutes but simply by adding water. You don't need to have hot water to do these. If you're in some kind of crisis situation, you can just hydrate them with regular water. Visit wisefoodstorage.com or call 855-FOODWISE and get a free entree sample. At the very least, try it out. See what it's like. See, uh, see if you enjoy it. And... Prepare to protect your family. For a limited time, you can get uh, you can use the promo code FTL to get no cost shipping and ten percent off any order. It's wisefoodstorage.com. Eight five five foodwise promo code FTL for a free sample, free shipping, ten percent off any order. It's the greatest gift you can give your loved ones. Let's go to the phones and the fun. We'll talk to Shadow listening in Huntsville to WBHP in Alabama. Hey Shadow. Yeah, here I am. Go ahead. You're yeah, when I was thinking about, okay, can you hear me okay? Yeah, go for it. Okay, well, one thing I was saying, I like your uh, free state project, and I have seen pictures of New Hampshire. Sure, it's pretty. I'm going to try is. to get there next year during the summer. But anyway, the, what I'm looking at here is, for, like slavery, any time a government passes laws without we the people's consent, that's slavery right there. It's also a hate crime, and it's also slander, libel, and defamation character. But they say that as far as they're concerned, look, you folks out there, you regular folks, you ain't worth nothing more than being slaves, man. That's whether it's federal, state, or local. Now, that's how I look at it. Well, that's I'm totally what, with you. I think it goes back to what Mark was saying, where he doesn't mind having a government if it's 100% consensual, right? Like, if 100% of the people agree to it, then it's not slavery. But if 99% say to the 1%, you've got to do this, then that or fifty one percent says to the forty nine percent that you know you have to do this you have to give us this you have to obey us in this way then yeah that is a form of slavery. Well, I think that people have to obey sort of an, a natural set of laws and those natural set of laws for me mean that you don't harm another person or commit fraud against them. Those kinds of uh, you know you, you don't initiate harm against another person or commit fraud against them. I mean if somebody harms you I suppose they're that and you need to stop that from happening. Yeah of course you would use. Harm in that circumstance. But, um, you know, to me, that's natural law. I think there's a case to be made that the term serf might be a little more accurate uh, than than slave. But if you look up serf in the dictionary, definition number two is slave. Slave, So, I mean, really, we're just mincing words. A serf is a type of slave. And, uh, you know, there's been all different types of slave throughout history. The one what comes up in people's mind most often is chattel slavery that existed uh, basically with African-Americans here in the last, uh, you know, up to the mid 19th century in the United States. But there was 
slavery here in the United States of you know white people being brought uh, brought um, over from Europe. They would be brought over as an indentured servant, and their their term of service would increase over time because they were quote unquote bad. The master wanted to keep them as a servant. I mean, why would you want to let somebody go? No, I wouldn't want to compare one type of slavery to another and, and make a judgment call about which one's worse, but I definitely feel like a slave when I have to carry a, a government ID with me or get government license plates on my car or when I'm simply told an order by a police officer as if that other that stranger in a uniform somehow owns me. As though oh, you're I'll tell obligated. You, chattel slavery is the worst. I mean, when they claim to own you and your progeny, that's the worst. No doubt. No doubt. I think it is the worst. But I think that uh, there's a real convenient story. And Shadow, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. There's a real convenient story that the government has that they tell us when we're growing up. What, and the reason why everyone thinks of chattel slavery when they hear slavery is because, well, that's what we learned about in government school. Yeah, but you know? is that when the children of the slaves are also the slaves uh, owned by the same owner? That's generally the case, isn't okay, that, right? is that that is the definition of chattel slavery, I would think, because that's that's similar to what Obama and past dictators have had uh, involving the debt, where you know the people alive today are paying down this debt that their ancestors somehow spent, you know, without the consent of the unborn children. Well, actually, no one is uh, liable for that debt except for the politicians, if you think about it, right? Because they they they're the say ones that, who borrow right? it, they're the ones who spend it. So I right. mean, I, I never got any say in uh, and any also money changing hands. Your grandparents hand. didn't either, right? So it's no. not like your grandparents passed anything on to you. It's just that that's what the politicians are doing, and they like to use these terms like, "Well, we owe this." debt or the american people yeah. owe this debt and of course it's poppycock because <laughs> where's the agreement where's the the you know where's the contract that i signed that said that i owe this debt because i owe nothing as far as what their debt is concerned right nothing and i mean the, i feel the same way but yet the administrations no matter if it's obama or the next guy are constantly asking for more and more money to be borrowed from Lord knows who, uh, to be spent on Lord knows what. Then it just keeps continuing. It's always more and more. I In mean, fact, you've got some news about that, right? That's Where, right. Later this week, uh, Reuters reports that the White House is planning to ask Congress for another $1.2 trillion. Another. Yeah, this is on In top addition of, to. This is on top of the $900 billion that have been uh, given to the administration after the August uh, bailout where he, he was asking to raise the debt limit. It's not, I guess it's not a bailout, but it's a bailout of the American government. Um, yeah, well, essentially, let me see if I understand this correctly. Right. Uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm certainly no economics expert. But the way the government, you know, they've got this debt ceiling, which why do they even bother? Because it seems like they just, just keep, keep raising, raising it. it. Right. Uh, so they have this thing they call the debt ceiling, which they can argue about, I guess, every once in a while about raising, that they always reach and they always raise. And so when they spend more than they take in, they incur debt. Right. So when they when they're taking more in than than, you know, or rather when they're spending more than what they're taking in is in taxes, uh, then that incurs more onto that debt. Isn't that correct? Right. And at this point, it's 43 cents on every dollar is debt. Right. And what you were saying earlier is mostly accurate. But I would like to specify that under the agreement and this comes from Reuters also, but under the agreement struck in August during the showdown over the government's debt limit, the cap is automatically raised unless Congress votes to block the debt ceiling extension. So he's so he's saying I want another one point two trillion and he'll get it unless they say otherwise, unless they say no. And even then he has the power to veto that decision. Oh, wow. So they would need two thirds vote override. Yeah, to override that no decision. Which there's no way they're going to do yeah, that. Yeah, how can they do that? 
with all the politicians who are paid off. Right, and he can always just say, well, if you don't give me my $1.2 trillion, then I'll just veto your legislation that comes through. Right. right. <laughs> it's, it's a really a silly uh, power struggle here. I mean, so the, the way – what they're going to be asking for is – um, for $1.2 trillion, they say that $82 billion is for interest on the debt payments from before. Oof. So they're borrowing money to pay down interest on the debt Borrowed that they money. owe. Yeah. That's sustainable. one 450 free the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And as Ron Paul says, this can't last forever. It can't last mu- no. a couple, few, few more years. I hope you're right about that, Mark, because I'm looking forward to them crashing and burning. In a peaceful way, of course. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. Bring it- Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, and bring up anything that you want. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. That number again brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. They can handle it for your business. Uh, they hand, they treat your customers with respect at SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's at the top one of the right-hand side of the page. Let's go to you and your thoughts. Uh, Travis is on the line in West Virginia listening to WVTS in Charleston. Hey, Travis. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Um, Well, I just tuned in. You all might have already touched on this. I just want to know what you all thought of uh, Ron Paul's racist and homophobic statements. What? Well, they're not. Uh, for one, there's no evidence at all that attributes them directly to Ron Paul. They uh, they appeared uh, 20 years ago uh, or so in uh, some newsletters that bore his name. Um, now, you know that's the, the, these these statements. There's nothing pleasant about them. Um, now, some people have called them anti-Semitic. Usually, what they're saying in there is that he doesn't support Israel. But there's der- certainly some statements in there that have been definitely that that are less than pleasant. I don't know about full-fledged racist but they're black certain, people yeah they're less than pleasant that's for sure and i would find it very disturbing and i think that what he needs to do he's disavowed writing those and i believe him um you know it's pretty easy for somebody to you know f- hire somebody to do um you know the newsletters and things like that but i think he needs to come forth and say uh who did it and you know i, I think he needs to name names at presuming this point. he knows who did it how can he not he knows who knows who did it, right? Like, let's name the chain of command. Okay, so... Who was in charge of the newsletter? Right, if, if you weren't in charge of the newsletter that bore your name, who was in charge of that newsletter? Let's go talk to them. Yeah. And he right. hasn't come forth and done that. That would be a question that I think we would ask him on the air, but he doesn't come on our show now, apparently, <laughs> so, because his handlers won't let him come here. No, I don't know. So if you want, free, if yeah, you want I mean, Ron it, Paul it, to appear on Free Talk Live, you should get in touch with this campaign and, and encourage them <laughs> to do it. It's really something he needs to answer because it does yep. bother me. You know, it, yep. it seems to me that he would have known something about it when it came out. Uh, 
and he, he seems to be just avoiding the questions like a typical politician, which really bothers me. Well, I haven't seems... seen him avoid the question. I mean, I, no one's he asked him. He did on CNN. He, he uh, took his mic off and stormed off the set. No, they showed that uh, the full version of that video was, I guess, that CNN had edited that to make it look worse than it actually was. I think he ended the interview because the woman kept asking the same question that he'd already answered by disavowing any knowledge of that being published. Yeah, CNN really did a, a hatchet job there, and it's, it was bad reporting on their side. Didn't but they release the full video uh, to, to the, the internet? full video's out there, and you can go look for it and find that there's a big difference between the two, the two different videos you've seen. I agree with you, and I'm not going to downplay that. Um, you know, the statements made in those uh, newsletters uh, are unacceptable, but let's compare them to the time frame, too. There are statements in the National Review magazine, uh, which is the Republican mainstay magazine, that mirror stuff like that from the 80s i mean this is the same time frame when you look at the well, Republic- just because other people are doing it no i'm just it- i'm just trying to get a picture of the time frame it's not okay it's not okay for national review to have done it it's not okay for the reagan campaign to have used the southern strategy in 1980 either none of this racist stuff is okay however let's take it in context of its time frame so that we can understand what that looks like then i think it's also important instead of judging him as a person and where his uh, personal beliefs lie, no matter what they are, where does his policy lie and how, how is his, right. uh, He's how never made his personal vote? beliefs reflected in his policies? Right. And I don't think that uh, he has racist or homophobic well, policies at all. His policies, and, and there's a great video that I saw last night, it's uh, what some black people think about Ron Paul. And it's, it's a mix of uh, various different folks who made their own YouTube videos over time and, you know, or, exp- or recently, I guess, and are expressing their opinions about Ron Paul. And of course, it's all favorable. Uh, and they, you know, they point out that, look, Ron Paul wants to end the war on drugs. That's the most anti-racist thing that any candidate could propose because to end the war on drugs and to pardon all nonviolent drug offenders, which Ron Paul could certainly do, at least out of federal prisons, uh, is an incredibly, you know, pro- minority thing to do because it's minorities that are targeted in the in the war on drugs and so i mean these these people are well aware at least the ones in this video are well aware of who ron paul is and what he stands for and they talk about how they you know some folks you know they they voted for obama and they realize that obama is just a liar and they've looked into the things that ron paul is saying and ron paul tells the truth on uh, on everything from far as they can tell and uh, it's a really interesting video up to this if those if those were his thoughts and there's no evidence that they were then he needs to own up to those thoughts I was a bigot in the early nine, early and mid nineties. Okay, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say you that. Mean I, you personally, I personally Paul? was, and I'm going to own up to that because that was a reality for me. I don't believe that stuff anymore. I've changed my mind. I think that most people have harbored in their lives prejudiced thoughts, whether those people are white, black, or Eskimo or whatever they are. They've harbored those those thoughts, so people understand that what they want from a politician, what they want from a person is to say, you know, yes, that's true, and it's not me anymore. Now, some people want them to say, I'm a bigot, and I, I want you to vote for me because I'm a bigot. But um, there are very few of those people out there, and I don't frankly want their votes. But I'm sure that Ron Paul will, will like, the Republicans will likely get more votes from bigots, I would think. 
I, it may be silly of me to think that uh, everyone will judge a politician based on his policies. Uh, so it, it would be good to see someone own up to beliefs that they had that they now disavow, uh, or at least explain the chain of command or explain where those uh, thoughts and ideas came from. Because I, I can tell you I'm not too familiar with them, but if they were homophobic or uh, racist, then that's not... Um, something I would want him to carry with him throughout the uh, nomination for the Republican Party. And I can understand if Ron Paul doesn't want to name names because he doesn't want to throw someone under the bus. Tough. You're running for president. Right. You're you're running for president. I don't care whether you want to name names. You know, I mean, you've got to tell the truth to people. His, His whole brand, his unique selling proposition as a product is that I am the politician that is not a politician. I will tell you the truth. I will not sidestep an issue. And he's not telling the whole truth, and he's sidestepping the issue. I hear that. I definitely hear and that. And he's got to own up. He's got to say, either this is the person who did it, and or... What if he never does? Should people not vote for him? Uh, look, I'm, I'm probably he's probably going to get my vote, but he's not, he doesn't have my you know respect as a the full round respect that you have on that I he has on every other issue that he'll come forth and he'll say what he means. He has that largely from me, but in this particular area, he's trying he's trying to protect someone from something is what it looks like, and I just don't think it 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 just doesn't work for me. Travis, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm I'm getting ready to uh, start campaigning for him in Southern West Virginia. I just really think he needs to come out about it before I do anything. And there was another thing one of the uh, talking heads on the news was talking about said uh, one quote from Ron Paul back in the day sometimes said he would never use the same toilet as a gay man. Uh, I'm not too sure if he said that or not, but they're trying to pin that on him. Interesting. Who cares? I mean, as a gay man, (laughs) who the hell cares? What if he did say that? Is that, is that a big deal? Well, that's interesting well, that you say that, There was that, a time when AIDS, well, there was an AIDS scare, okay? And, and it was very irrational. Well, it, it, so let's, but it was there. Let, let's look at it. Uh, you know, I mean, this was, this was a time when people didn't want, you know, to do dentistry on gay people. There was They'd all pull their kids out of the schools. That, I remember it. All in that the mid-1980s. fear was there. And, you know, I, 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 you know I'm, let's look at everything in its context. I think that saying something like that today is a far more bigoted statement than saying something like that in 1987. Well, I don't know about I don't know if I agree with that statement, but I like where Derek's coming from because in this video with the what some black folks think about uh, Ron Paul or black people think about Ron Paul, uh, there was that somebody made that point was like, look, you know, even if Ron Paul is racist and they don't have they, and he said he didn't have any reason to believe it because he's never actually seen Ron Paul say anything racist but even if Ron Paul actually does harbor some sort of racist beliefs that they don't really care because they know that what his policies are and they've seen his votes and they know that his policies are going to set uh, minorities more far more free than any other uh, candidate or that you know Ron Paul isn't nearly as racist as the other candidates are <laughs> so that was the point uh, one of the points that they made thanks Travis for the call tonight so like it doesn't matter what Ron Paul thinks about gay people as long as he doesn't want to put you in a cage or stop you from getting married or anything like that and from what, what I've seen he doesn't yeah, what do his votes mean you know I don't care if he cares where I use the bathroom. Exactly. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. You know, I'd want to use a gay bathroom because I know it would be really, really clean. (laughs) Um, We're coming up. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain in this edition of the program, but don't worry if you don't get in tonight. We've always got another night for you. 855-450-FREE, because we do it seven nights per week here live. Uh, Also, of course, available over at freetalklive.com, where you can go and get interactive in various different ways and support the show. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to download uh, web banners and flyers and uh, you can get a free bumper sticker as well over at promote.freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight here, it's Ian, Derek, J, and Mark. Once again, toll-free number 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Chris in Michigan. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, mute ones. Hey. here. Huh? What? All right, start with that. Calling in from work, so. Welcome. All right, go ahead. I had to duke into one of the uh, conference rooms here. Got it. You're um, on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to... Uh, I wanted to end up talking a little, just a little bit about the counter-economy since we were on the topic of tariffs and regulations and controls earlier in the show. Rock on. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys are well aware of this one already, but, you know, just tossing their ism out there since we are talking about voluntarism and uh, anarchist, uh, anarchism before, but uh, agorism. Um, Define it, please. <laughs> well, agorism is kind of a, it's kind of a combination of the uh, a lot of, I don't want to say libertarian beliefs just because we were talking about how... Uh, that term has been construed in the past, but you have the, the, the ethics of liberty type beliefs. Very Rothbardian, even been called uh, more Rothbardian than Rothbard himself in the past. But uh, more predominantly, it's the counter economy and growing the counter economy, where uh, where its strength really relies. And uh, as you guys were talking about before, how how uh, burdensome the uh, white market or the legitimate market is that operates within the economy. Uh, all the regulation costs, the taxations they have to pay, all the uh, Permits and licensing and zoning requirements, which of course are uh, really only there, as you said, is to uh, often to uh, push out smaller competition, create barriers of entry. A lot of special interests involved there. Um, often doesn't done under the guise of you know public safety and the normal rhetoric they toss out there. But when you participate within the counter economy, when you start dealing with uh, your neighbor to cut your, uh, your hair, even if he's not necessarily a licensed barber or a hairstylist. Uh, they don't have the overhead of all those regulations out there. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Derek J had some national press uh, because he's been giving haircuts uh, without a license. He does. My, he does mine. And, uh, <laughs> yep. And the, you got some press, and I believe it was the Associated Press, if I'm not mistaken. Was it the AP that that did that? Uh, yes. Yeah, and that was actually posted over at freekeen.com. If you uh, if you look for Derek J haircuts, it'll it'll probably come up. Yeah, um, very but, nice. Yeah, so that's happening here. Now you use the term agorism, then you also mentioned the counter economy. Now, do you are you of one are you one who believes that agorism is anyone who's doing business without government permission, or do you have to be doing business without government permission for the purpose of eliminating or replacing uh, the idea of the the government or the state? Is is that required to be an agorist in your in your mind? Is the intention of the business person? Uh, well, it's a good question. I think that anyone who operates outside that is a counter-economist. Mm-hmm. I think when you refer to someone as being an agorist, they have an applied cause to what they're doing. That, uh, to me, anyways, that, that is uh, more of the furthering the, the idea of the liberty uh, because it, it, a lot of it's a lot of what we get in agorism comes from. Uh, libertarian manifesto, the new libertarian manifesto. So, so if uh, so, if Derek is giving haircuts, but just giving haircuts, and he's not giving sermons on liberty while he's doing it, that's not agorism in your book. That's a counter economist right there. Well, do you, don't you think that if, if a person, maybe not me, but if someone else is participating in uh, the counter economy and they're not even aware that 
um, what the state is doing is illegitimate, you know, u- using force to keep people from uh, having voluntary interactions with each other. If they're not aware of that, but they're still doing it because they know it's in their best interest, don't you think that sort of qualifies? Doesn't that count oh, as, yeah. as an agorist? Yeah, I, mean, I entirely agree. If they're, yeah, if, yeah, you're absolutely right. If they're, if they're seeing a benefit in doing it, well, they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't see there was a benefit in the first right. place. So, so everybody who's a counter-economist is an agorist or not? Um, sure. Okay, so the counter-economy is large in many countries like Greece. For instance, counter-economy is huge. Most people don't even pay taxes there. They just refuse. Um, right. But their governmental burden doesn't seem to have uh, evaporated or anything. So is agorism a revolutionary idea, or is it just a way to get along until the government fails? Um, it's kind of a revolutionary idea because through growing the counter-economy, or by being an agorist and practicing any counter-economy, you're actually starving out the Leviathan from within. The services that they have to give continue to be, uh, they, they rely on our taxation, they rely on our consent by doing it that way, and when we kind of cut them out of the picture, they're getting less of the bounty. And uh, we gain by cutting them out of the picture because it's more profit for us, more you benefit know, I, for us. I've got nothing against the idea of agorism. I've been doing I got nothing against it. I just life. don't think it's enough by itself. I've been, I've been doing it my whole life. And what I don't see happening is the agorist community competing with the government, right? Because that's the idea. Down the line, you look at the New Libertarian Manifesto by Konkin, and it talks about how, you know, over time, the idea is that these agorist enterprises will grow into competing enterprises with the government. So like a a competing uh, fire department or a competing uh, protection service or a competing road crew. And uh, you look at these things, and you don't see that happening out there. Uh, Nobody's doing that. Uh, You know, the agorism that I've seen has been selling t-shirts shirts or making food or giving haircuts not that those things are are, are not valuable they certainly are i think I'd, people should provide all kinds of goods and services to their neighbors uh without without uh, asking taxes. permission right. i grow food at my house i deal in good in gold and silver and i look forward to the day when there is an agorist road crew out there that's actually out doing that sort of thing uh but uh, right now most of the agorists are kind of behind the scenes with the exception of derek jay who had national press uh regarding what what he's done but most people aren't aren't willing to come out front and and be out on front street and say, look, what I'm doing is competing with the system. I'm not working with the system. I'm doing things that the system would find offensive because then they'd be targeted, and then they'd move from being agorists into being like civilly disobedient agorists. But most of the and, agorists I know would uh, say would have bad things to say about Derek's involvement in the political process. He seems to, you know, he supports people like Ron Paul and that kind of thing. As I understand it, Derek, I don't want to speak for you, but many of the agorists would say, oh, no, 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 you must sell weed or whatever. <laughs> I, I like all uh, actions that advance liberty, and so if, too. if too. people are into Ron Paul and they think that uh, his reign over the people of North America will be beneficial, then great. I, I'm for people working towards that end. Chris, thanks. Oh, yeah, I definitely would want to say that. Uh, I mean, I understand there's a lot of agorists that believe that out there, and it's, uh, because it does. I mean, right in the core text of agorism, it talks about how political. Uh, activism is tends to be uh, a waste of resources and energy. As far as I justify that, I just say, you know, if I am doing something, if it's not taking away from me, if I if I don't have any other way of advancing liberty currently at my disposal, um, then I will participate to a degree. I'll participate to you know get Ron Paul, and there's no no question about that. But I'm not going to exert my energies into putting in other candidates that I feel that I can do that aren't going to do as good a job as I could on my own by doing something within my community and trying to further the cause. And you're actually right. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes, uh, and a lot of agorists are also, uh, I always screw up the term, but uh, 
uh, you know, cryptography. They do a lot of encryption software, yeah. all, all for the reasons of staying out of the scene and not getting caught. Um, and I think there's, there's value to that. There. Obviously, not everybody can go ahead and stick their head above the water, but I would like to right. see more people do business openly and proudly without licenses. But that's not that's not that doesn't thoroughly fit the definition of agorism because, to some extent, agorists are supposed to be doing the things that are beneficial to themselves, beneficial to their communities. And at some point, in order to be beneficial to yourself, you're going to have to pay taxes because. You know, the government's going to find out about you if you're effective enough and good enough at what you do, or you're going to go into a jail cell, which then mitigates the effectiveness of your activism. But I, I would oh, yeah, say whether or not uh, an agorist business gets successful enough to warrant uh, the need to pay taxes, I think that the government creates the black market by uh, making regulations on you're the here. white market. So any time an agorist is doing business, it's because the, the government... Um, intruded on the free market but i think that they should go that far to the point where they go to jail because then they're setting an an example right well that's what what they're supposed to be doing is activism at the same time as doing business right so why not set the example for other business people to say hey you shouldn't have to get a license no one should have to get a license we shouldn't have to jump through these stupid hoops look at the the hot dog salesman out in uh north carolina i forget where it should durham or something like that uh you remember this guy he he was selling hot dogs he didn't have a permit and the other hot dog vendor who had a permit it went after him he you know snitched him out to the government and the government came they threatened him they actually did arrest him at uh, at one point and he made news i mean that was the, the guy made headlines and uh, that you know i think that to some extent is worth something i realize that you're going to lose your business and you're you know well, you're not going to this is why jail, i found but. the idea of the erickson council so um in, enticing to me you don't have to fight these people anymore if the if this uh, if the erickson council is successful and they're able to create these uh, boats that you can go out and live on the water on that create their own energy and their own food you don't need the 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 government's land anymore the way i see it agorists understand investments and if you're going to have to lose your business uh over getting caged for doing business openly then you can consider that an investment in uh, the future of prosperity exactly they actually have a formula they put into place for just that reason where you measure the risk versus how long how much you can make while doing what you're doing versus how much you lose by being caught chris thanks for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you we'll see tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com are you looking for camping hunting or shooting gear manventureoutpost.com carries knives ammunition scopes binoculars laser sights fish finders and boating equipment from manufacturers like aimpoint bushnell otterbox crimson trace k-bar remington streamlight winchester and more manventureoutpost.com family owned and members of the better business bureau prices so low some can't be advertised get an additional five percent off with coupon code ftl get it quick get it from manventureoutpost.com